I want to welcome you to our last day, day five of our look through Hebrews chapter two. Some great verses today about how God can work in your everyday life. This is really the end of his talk about angels. And it also has something to say to us about how you and I can face temptations in our daily life and see victory. Verse 16, 16 to 17 say this, for surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, he had to be made like his brothers in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. There's some powerful phrases here. Jesus made atonement for our sins. He paid for our sins. There's a lot of depth of meaning in that. We're going to look at that more as we walk through the book of Hebrews. Jesus is our merciful and faithful high priest. There is a depth of meaning there that the writer of Hebrews is going to bring out again and again and again, because when I understand what it means for Jesus to be not only my Savior, but also my high priest, I understand what it means to live in a new kind of confidence, new kind of boldness before God. Now, what I'm saying is, in these great verses, we're going to look at these more later. So I'd like to hold those truths for some of the later chapters of Hebrews and focus today on the last verse in this second chapter. Verse 18 says this, because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. And this is a verse we can all relate to because guess what? We all face temptation. We all face temptation. If you think, oh, I don't face temptation anymore, you just fall into the temptation of pride, thinking that you don't face temptation anymore. We all face temptation in this world. And there are two phrases in this one verse that will give you great power the power of God as you face temptations in your life, the power for victory. The first phrase is, he was tempted. And the second phrase is, he is able. If you can run those phrases through your mind when you face temptation, it can give you a brand new perspective and a brand new connection to the power of God. He was tempted. Jesus was tempted. And he is able. Jesus is able. Let's break those phrases down. First, he was tempted. Jesus was tempted. What does that mean for you and I as we face temptation? Well, it means I should refuse to feel guilty. It means I should remember I'm not alone. It means I should recognize the source of my temptation. First, it means I should refuse to feel guilty. Jesus was tempted. Jesus was tempted. And he never felt a temptation. He is perfect. We're going to see that in chapter 4. He never felt a temptation. But Jesus was tempted. Because he came into a human body, he shared our humanity, one of the things he shared is being tempted. So the fact that you are being tempted does not mean you should feel guilty. And if you fall into a temptation, you go to God, you ask for forgiveness, and you let go of that guilt then too. It is not a sin to be tempted. Jesus was tempted plenty of times, but he never sinned. Jesus was tempted in every way. Jesus was tempted to be angry. Jesus was tempted to materialism. Jesus was tempted to let the emotions of his life run his life. Jesus was tempted sexually. He was tempted in every way. Now, that last one makes you feel a little uncomfortable, doesn't it? He was tempted sexually. The reason is most of us equate sexual temptation with sexual sin. We think just because I'm tempted, that means I've sinned. If you believe that, you're falling into the trap of Satan. It is not a sin to be tempted. And here's what Satan wants. Satan wants you to feel guilty just because you've been tempted. And then you think, well, I feel guilty. I've been tempted. I may as well go in and sin because I already feel guilty. You ever been in that trap? Of course, all of us have. It's one of the favorite tricks of Satan. Remember, Jesus was tempted. He was tempted. 
He was tempted. He went through it. So I refuse to feel guilty just because I'm being tempted. And second thing out of this simple truth, he was tempted, is I remember I'm not alone. Satan's trick is to make you feel like you're the only one when you're being tempted. I'm all alone. No one else understands. No one else in the world has ever faced this temptation. Well, I want to tell you, that's just not true. That's just not true. Everyone else in your church is facing the same temptations. Everyone else in your home is facing the same temptations. Everyone else in your office is facing the same temptations. Everyone else in your carpool is facing the same temptations. And if you're listening to this in your car right now, don't look at each other, but you know what I'm talking about. We're all facing the same temptations, the same common temptations. They're talked about again and again in the Bible. Passion and possessions and pride. Passions. When the physical is in charge. When sex or drink or food begins to control my life. Or possessions when things become the reason for living, when I want to get more and more to myself, or pride, the temptation of power over people, my way at any cost, passions and possessions and pride. Jesus faced those temptations, and he understands that you face those temptations. In fact, did you notice it says, Jesus suffered when he was tempted. Jesus didn't go through temptation. Sometimes we think, well, he was tempted, but because he's God, it wasn't tempting to him to be tempted. Well, it wasn't a temptation then. He was truly tempted. He suffered when he was tempted. Now, he wasn't tempted the same way we were. When Satan came and tempted him in the desert, he tempted him to create a shortcut where he became Lord of all without having to go through the cross. So his temptations were, in one sense, different, but one in one sense, not. They were still about pride. They were still about not trusting in the Father. Jesus suffered when he was tempted. He had to suffer through the temptation and trust in God. So he knows what it's like. Because Jesus suffered, I can know that he understands. He understands what I'm facing when I'm tempted. He was tempted. A third truth that's behind this, the fact that he was tempted, is you need to recognize the source when you're tempted. With Jesus, we know how he was tempted. We're told in the Bible that Satan came to him. Satan himself came to him. Well, there's only one Satan, and he can only be in one place at one time. His demons can be other places. So Satan is certainly not tempting every one of us. In fact, if you do a close study of the Bible, you see there are three major sources of temptation, the world, the flesh, and the devil. The world is the selfish system that's around us. The flesh is the selfishness that's within me. And the devil is Satan who's brought it all into this world and sometimes comes straight against me. Where's it coming from? With Jesus, it was straight from Satan. With us, it might be the world, the flesh, or the devil. But in the end, it's all about the same thing, isn't it? It's about selfishness. It's about me trusting me rather than me trusting God. And Jesus was tempted to trust himself as just one part of the Godhead rather than trusting the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the whole of the Godhead. You and I are tempted to trust ourselves as human beings. I trust that I know what's best for myself. I trust that I know what's going to make me happy. I trust that I know what I need right now. And when Satan gets us caught up in that way of thinking, we're going to fall to the temptation. So consider the source. Consider the source and reject the temptation. And you begin by saying these three words, he was tempted in your mind. But don't forget the second phrase. Then you say to yourself, he is able. He is able to help those who are being tempted. He's able to help me. When you're tempted, choose God's way out. Choose the he is able way out. Our way out, trusting in myself, that's a dead end. That's a dead end. Trusting in my own self-discipline, dead end. Never gonna work. Might work for a while, but it's not gonna work forever. The key is finding God's way out. 
So I can take the words, I just couldn't help myself out of my vocabulary because he is able to help. God promises us that we will never face a temptation that's greater than we can handle, ever, ever. He is able to help. There is no such thing as an irresistible temptation. You can know that by the truth of God's word. So you might do this little spiritual exercise sometimes. When a temptation comes your way, just stare it down and say to it, we both know that Jesus is able to help me. We both know that if I fall to you, it isn't going to be your fault. It's going to be my choice to not accept his help. It's not irresistible because he is able. It is not irresistible because he is able. Now, I know it often feels irresistible. And one of the reasons temptations feel irresistible is because we wait until we're halfway in or nine-tenths of the way in to try to get ourselves out. Benjamin Franklin once said, it's easier to suppress the first desire than satisfy all that follow. That's not scripture, but there's some truth there. The point is, you need a strength outside of yourself to enable you to truly be yourself, to say no to the temptation. And you need to call, and you need to call on that strength, that help, as soon as the temptation comes. Now, Jesus is our example in this, that temptation that came from Satan. Satan offered him the world. He appealed to his pride, and Jesus resisted that temptation with a decision to serve God, to trust in God's word. We are often, when it comes to our temptation, we are our own worst enemy. We become focused on what we're not going to do more than focused on Jesus who can help. And if you focus on what you're not going to do, you're focusing on the temptation, and you're going to get inevitably drawn into it. You instead say, he is able. You focus on the one who's going to help. How do I say no to temptation? I say yes to God. You don't fight your thoughts, you write your thoughts. Fighting feeds temptation. Writing starves temptation. How do I say no to temptation? I say yes to God. If you're tempted to adultery, you say yes to your marriage, God's plan. You say yes to God. If you're tempted to think only of yourself in a situation, you say yes to serving someone else. You say yes to God's plan. If you're tempted to materialism, you say yes to giving. Instead of trying to fight the temptation, no, 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 no. Where can you start to say yes, yes, yes? He is able. Let's take a minute, pray together. Jesus, we all face temptation. We've all fallen to temptation because we've all trusted in ourselves. It's the easiest thing to do when we're tempted. We think we know what's best, and we don't call it pride in that moment, but it is. It is. Lord, we want to live a different way. We don't want these temptations, these sins to rule our lives. We want to live your way. We want to live the life that you've given to us. And so, Lord, I pray for myself. I pray for each of us that these two phrases would run through our mind when the temptation comes. He was tempted. He is able. Jesus, you understand. And Jesus, you can give power. You can give power for something different, a different choice. So even right now, the temptation that I'm facing, you might pray this, Jesus, even right now, the temptation that I'm facing, I choose to trust in you, the fact that you are able. You are able. In your name, I trust you. Amen. Join us next week. Chapter 3 talks to us about Jesus being better than Moses and also focuses on the power of encouragement in your life. <music>